Carmen Rogers. Welcome to the Soul Goons Radio Show with myself, Simon P. Welcome, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful, Simon. Despite the world being on fire, we're still here and healthy, so and able to keep creating. So I'm doing very, very well. Thank you. Great, great, great. <laughs> now, new music is on the horizon. We are going to come to that. The UK is buzzing with your latest single. I have to say, actually, you, you do keep us waiting a little while. I don't know if that's your intention or not, but you do keep us waiting a little while between your projects. Oh, and it's never the intention, but when you're kind of pulled in a couple of different directions, sometimes, you know, creating and putting out music is a lot of work, especially as an independent artist. So I definitely don't mean to make you guys wait. I do so many collaborations in between but I have to make sure and make time to make Carmen Rogers music. So I made it a point, COVID slowed things down because the music was actually supposed to be out earlier this year, but it is all good because we're finally getting there now. So yes, I'm gonna try not to let you wait so much, so long next time. <laughs> so we, we would never rush the creative process. I know that there's a lot that goes into it. And of course you guys, the artists have to live life in the meantime so us music fans can sometimes forget that thank you it, it's true there's a lot of life to be lived but you know what we do is we create and so you know that's how we express ourselves and it's kind of a language for us so yes but i am convicted by what you said because i really do want to to make more music and, and put it out more often that that is definitely the plan absolutely but we are here to support you I'd like to go way back, actually, and having had the pleasure of working with you in the past, it's maybe something that I haven't had the opportunity to do. But And please do correct me if, I'm, if I get any of the information incorrect. But you're born in Mississippi, yes. raised in Texas. Yeah. And the most recent information I had was that you were based in ATL, but actually you've said that you're currently in New York. <laughs> I am, I am. ATL was so beautiful, was such a beautiful move. I spent um, a little over five years in ATL, but I am now in Brooklyn. I've been here for a few years now, but the thing is, it, it feels like sometimes, um, you know, pre-Rona, um, that I, I never left Atlanta because I spent so much time there. I definitely spent still a lot of time in Atlanta. Right. That's still home. So, so, <laughs> so Brooklyn, would that be in one of those beautiful brownstones? I am. <laughs> I actually am in the famous Bedford-Stuyvesant, or Bed-Stuy, as they call it. And um, it's a beautiful community, a lovely place, community gardens, community of people uh, that, are, that are lovely and giving and generous. And yeah, I love Bed-Stuy. I love my community so much. Love this neighborhood. And I, I don't see myself leaving for a long time. To be honest, I mean, when we said, when I said, are you in one of the brownstones? I was kind of joking. I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm actually really jealous now because, yeah. you know, the history for, for those of our listeners that may not know, um, the history of these brownstones has been a talk of a lot of discussion over the years and that many of the um, African-American community had sort of dominated these uh, what are now very prestigious homes. But um, due to gentrification over the years, I understand that some of that community is diminished. It, it has. Uh, a, a significant part of it has diminished, but 
um, there is still a, a beautiful community that are holding on and right. are still connected and doing their absolute best to um, to maintain. Yes, it, gentrification is real. It's a real thing and it's definitely pervasive here in, in Bed-Stuy. But what I love is the, those individuals that literally have been here, you know, one, two, uh, at least a couple of generations of, of Black families who have passed homes down. And I even, on my block is a mother-daughter um, who own a brownstone together. And, you know, it's really cool, the, the history of this neighborhood and, and uh, seeing what they're doing to make sure um, uh, that they, you know, continue to maintain that. Amazing. It's so great to hear that. Now, <laughs> going back to earlier on in your career, you know, many of the artists that I speak to will say, you know, that their their formative years were spent in church and that's where their love of music has come from. What can you tell us about your early career? When, when did you sort of realize you had a talent for singing? Yeah, you know, um, I, I must say church definitely had an influence. I, I didn't go to, you know, one of the holiness or Pentecostal or the rocking churches that a lot of my friends went to. The church I went to was definitely a lot more conservative, um, but it still had an impact on uh, my early childhood. I did start, you know, like many Black folks in America started singing in the church. Uh, but I was singing as long as I can remember. My my family says that I was singing, I was humming before I could speak. I was the, I was always the little entertainment at always all of the family gatherings. I always loved and would sing and try to entertain. So, um, so I would say it was something that I believe is God given, but also it was cultivated and nourished um, during my childhood in the church as well. Amazing. And in terms of your college years, how much of an influence is that? played in terms of your musical career and general direction. Yeah, and even pre-college, you know, I went to high schools that um, had very strong uh, music and theater department. A lot of people don't know that I, I did music as well as theater. Um, I was even part of an improv team. and. Uh, but at a certain point back then, you kind of had to choose. There wasn't really musical theater programs then. It was like, okay, at a certain point, you got to choose. Are you going to sing, sing or are you going to act? So I went the musical route um, and continued that. And into college, you know, for a while, I didn't know what I wanted to do because I was actually a bit of a nerd. I loved math and science. I was I was a calculus tutor, and a, as well as I was on the physics team and thought I wanted to be an engineer at one point. So originally in college, I was, uh, you know, taking music classes, but also uh, taking engineering courses uh, or things towards an engineering degree, but ended up ultimately getting a degree in music and psychology. So um, music is just a part of my life. I love to do it, but I'm also a fan of it. I believe that it's medicinal, that it heals, again, that it's a language. So it's just, it's been in every single part of my life, in every part of schooling, in my personal life, in my professional life. Um, you know, it's complete. It's a 360 for me when it comes to music. Great, perfect. Now, just looking at your back catalog of albums, 2004, you dropped your debut, Free. Yeah. 2010, Bittersweet. Yeah. <laughs> and 2000, taking us up to 2015, Stargazer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Whoa, you said those years and I'm like, listen to those gaps. Yikes. <laughs> 
So have you been independent throughout that process? And you know, what have you learned from those first three projects in terms of how it's going to shape your upcoming release in 2021? Oh man, so much. So what's interesting is I've been independent my entire career, but I did have um, a deal with Warner Brothers that first time around. It was uh, uh, it was a production deal through another company, but it was through Warner Brothers. So I was independent, but with support. Uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't the best deal. I had to sit it out, blah, 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 blah. So that's honestly part of the reason there was such a delay between that first project and the second project. I actually needed to sit out a bad deal. And then I decided, you know, I was going back to school, all these things, um, because I didn't finish school that first time around. I ended up finishing a little bit later with my degree in music and psychology. So that's why that gap happened there. And, um, and then from there, uh, I put out that second project, uh, The Bittersweet, put out a second in 2010, then put out an extended version in 2011. And then I joined Foreign Exchange the next year. So part of that delay was then I started making records with the Foreign Exchange. So that's what happened. I think those were 2000, I think, started touring. Oh, and making records with Zoe. So so a lot of collaboration happened in between time that, that kind of steered me into not away from my music, but it just expanded the music that I was doing. Because prior to that, I was writing on other projects, but I wasn't necessarily, you know, being featured as a vocalist or doing it as a true collaboration. So um, once I started working with the Foreign Exchange, that's really when uh, all of those things changed. So a little bit of that delay isn't that I wasn't making music. I just wasn't making Carmen Rogers records, but definitely, you know, I've done three Foreign Exchange projects, I think three, two or three Zoe projects. I've been on another project uh, for RC and the Grits, uh, um, a couple other jazz projects. So there's been a lot of work that's happened in between, but just not a Carmen Rogers record. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry to hear that you you didn't have a great experience with a label, and that's so many other artists before you and and currently have had that similar experience. And I just wanted to talk a little bit more about that in terms of there's such a movement at the moment for, I guess, maybe streaming of music yeah. has driven this. Um, but, you know, so many artists now are just like, right, that's it, this is a wrap. We're, <laughs> we're just doing this indie, we're not going down that road. Do you think as much as the streaming has impacted on that a lot, is some of this also due to the fact that so many artists maybe haven't had their dues and still, by the way, don't get their dues from streaming, but nevertheless would rather be independent than work with labels because of this history of constant um, un unfortunate events where, where people are not getting their dues? Yeah, yeah. I really think, you know, what's interesting. I, I believe that many artists want the freedom of independence, no. sure. But they don't necessarily <laughs> want the work that yeah. comes with being independent. Um, because being independent means you have to be a business person too. And many artists would prefer to only be creative. And it's kind of like, if you sign up to be independent, you're gonna have to do some learning. You're gonna have to you know, get some business savvy and learn how to read some contracts and, and get some representation and take your time and do a whole lot of wearing a business hat and a whole lot of heavy lifting um, outside of just making the music. So I think what artists would love 
would be to have the freedom of independence, but just a little bit more support and and for the art that they do to really be valued. Music makes a lot of money yeah. for everyone else <laughs> but the artist. And it's, you know, you have those those few artists that rise to the top and they've been able to really um, create a universe. And um, but uh, working artists, uh, it, it takes a little bit more creativity um, and support and a lot of understanding from the fans of what it takes to to create a project that it is. Not only is it a lot of um, sweat equity, but it's a big financial responsibility uh, to bring in people to help you create the music that finally gets to the ears of the public. So I think, you know, just a little bit more support um, with that freedom and understanding from uh, from the listeners would go a long, long, long way. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And as, as you mentioned it, you know, creative and business, it's almost like fire and ice. <laughs> so. Yes, it is. It's two different, two totally. It's not even different sides of the same coin. It is... Uh, a penny and a, a silver dollar. Like it's two very different things. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the foreign exchange, uh, you know, well, well revered here in the UK, as well as yourself, of course. Now, how much of an influence as, I, I like to call him a super producer, but how much of an influence has Zoe had on your career? Oh boy, I think, it, it, and it's not even just Zoe, it's really Zoe, um, Fonte, and Nicolet. You know, the three of them are, I consider, super producers. Um, uh, you know, all of them bring a very different sound and take, all brilliant in their own right, um, and all have, you know, really not only influenced me, but pushed me uh, to be stronger and better. But particularly, I, I say Fonte because he he's definitely become more of a writing partner for me. You know, Zoe, Zoe definitely that is my road dog, my tour buddy. Uh, and, and but usually when it when we get time to do the writing, it's me and Fonte writing uh, to Zoe music. So we're it's kind of a collective brains all together to create the sound that everybody gets to hear. So I name all of them because they've influenced me to be a stronger writer and I love working with them and, you know, love creating the music for the foreign exchange. But, you know, finally was able to do some stuff, you know, for Carmen Rogers with them. And that that makes me excited. And of course, I'm sure we'll talk about my single in a little bit, but, but that's where Nicolet comes in because this is the first time that Nicolet and I have actually worked outside of the foreign exchange umbrella making music. So it's really, really dope that I, I finally got that opportunity and it's just gonna continue and grow from there. Amazing, amazing blessing to work with all three. And it's interesting that you've, you've cited uh, both Fonte and Nicolet because quite often, you know, we see, um, well, I see it certainly on, on social media with, with so obviously, you know, pressing the buttons and, and very much there behind the scenes, but perhaps the um, work of Nicolet and, and Fonte is not as prominent. Yeah, it's not as prominent. And it's only because we, when uh, when I'm touring, I do outside of the foreign exchange, Zoe and I tour as a duo quite often. So people see us on stage together and they're just like, okay, there it is. But yeah. behind the scenes, you know, actually in the creation or the creative process, 
at some point we are all working together or a pair of us or three of us or all four of us. One of the songs uh, on the last Foreign Exchange project, As Fast As You Can, that was a Carmen Rogers, Fonte Coleman, Lorenzo Ferguson, Nicolay Rook combo. It was the four of us. Uh, uh, the two, Zoe and Nicolay on the music and me and Fonte on the lyrics and melody. So yeah, it's it's definitely a team effort. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, this is maybe uh, a slightly unfair question to ask you. But... Uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm ready though, I'm ready. It's not, it's not that bad. I'd like to find out who's been your favorite person to collaborate with. Now, and before you answer that question, I can only say for the benefit of our listeners, that may or may not have come to the shows in the UK a few years back, you came out and performed with both So and Cy Smith. And I have to say yes. that the synergy between the three of you was amazing, outstanding, outstanding. So no pressure, <laughs> but in light of that, who is your favorite people to, has been, what's been the highlights in terms of who you've had an opportunity to work with? You know what? Honestly, it it there's so so many because there's so many different environments that create such amazing spaces for collaboration. You know, Sai and I haven't done an actual record together, but we've been friends for years and been on stage together a many a time, including that amazing those amazing shows that we did in the UK. Those were so much fun. We have so much fun on stage. And I think part of the reason is because we respect one another's art and then we actually like each other in real life. So we have fun off stage and on stage. And I think because we have so much fun off stage, it pours onto the stage. So that's dope. Um, but also, of course, my foreign exchange family behind the scenes. I love writing with Fonte. Love when we all get to be on stage and just have, it's a riot. Think you made it to one of the Effie shows when we played Jazz Cafe a few years back. It's been a minute, but you know how much fun those shows are. So that collaboration is amazing. And then we haven't made records together, but we've done jam sessions together. And whenever, you know, I can, uh, I'll support him and he'll usually put, pull me on stage and we'll vibe. And that's Robert Glasper. I love vibing with him and collaborating with him as well. And I'm sure we're going to get something uh, down for some ears very, very soon. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So really, anybody that I respect as a musician, if we get a chance to, um, you know, collab or vibe in the studio or on stage or a combination of the two, um, I, I'm excited about it. So no necessary, no necessary fave, but I just like it when the opportunities come. I love to jump on those. Amazing, amazing. Now, new music is, uh, well, I was going to say on the horizon, but it's here. Uh, <laughs> it's here, yes. <laughs> single out is called Again and Again. Yeah. It's the first single from a new album. Do you have a title for the new album? I do, I do. The title is Hello Human. It's volume one, because guess what? Volume two will be coming out next year as well. So you got your wish, Simon. You will be getting your wish. I will be putting out two projects in one year. To try to make up for lost time. So uh, Hello Human Volume 1 actually drops on January 22nd. You're like the first person I'm saying this out loud to. So you guys are the first to hear Hello Human Volume 1, January 22nd, 2021. Amazing. Now, you know, the, as I said at the start of the interview, this new track, which is available for the benefit of all our listeners uh, via the usual outlets. What can you tell us about what's forthcoming? And uh, without obviously letting too much 
information out. Uh, how does it compare? Does it reflect your journey? Is it very current in terms of, of what's going on with the pandemic? You know, what could we expect? You know what? It really, uh, one, again and again, was so much fun to make. It's a, I love that song. It's sensual. Um, it's, it, it's a little bit sexy. Nicolay did the music and I loved writing that those lyrics and melodies so much. And I, and I think it's kind of, um, it's, it's reflective of the, the album is reflective, I feel, of just kind of the human love experience. Um, and that is both self-love as well as, you know, attempting or actually succeeding <laughs> in loving someone else. And so um, it's not necessarily dealing with the, 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 the uh, I guess, the civil unrest or some of those things, uh, which of course play a part in our day-to-day -day lives. This yeah. really, I'm, I, like to, I like to write love songs, you know, and that's really what it is. And so, but uh, the closing song is a self-love song. And so I, I really wanted to kind of, Hello Human, Basically, I, I think it, it kind of encapsulates the the human love experience. So that's a combination again of you know just like trying to connect with people, um, you know, romantically, you know, uh, within you know not sure about the relationship, trying to figure out who you are and why you don't connect with the person, but also remembering to to try to get the joy that you feel that you deserve, and so. I think you're gonna enjoy it. It really paints a complete, I feel like a, a, a very complete picture, although it's an EP, it's six songs, and I think it's a, a strong six songs to, to kick off the, the story that I'm trying to tell with Hello Human Volume 1 and 2. Amazing, and obviously, it's so difficult to predict anything at the moment, because of course we don't, we just don't know what the next week holds at the moment. But yeah, yeah. albums to release, have you got an, have you got it in your mind in terms of, is it, are we talking a spring and a fall, as you guys would call it, or? <laughs> no, well, Jan well, January 22nd is definitely dead of winter. So I'm, we're, I'm looking more of a winter summer. And so um, I would say that this first project, the first volume, uh, hopefully will bring some warmth during these cold, uh, cold months coming up. But then uh, once we get to that summer, I think it's going to, you know, possibly bring some fire. So I think uh, we're looking at, you know, those winter songs and then we're going to look at some some real fire songs. <laughs> this is just like, oh, there's two albums coming. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I feel like all of this stuff has been bottled up for so long and I've been so fortunate to be able to make music with others, but being able to really kind of you know, stake my claim as this is who I am as an artist, you know, my identity, you know, outside of the, the music that I make with all my friends. Um, I think it was very important to do so. So I'm excited about that. Amazing, amazing. Now, in terms of the holiday season, and obviously yeah. this, is, this is probably going to be the calm before the storm for you because like you're going into a period that's going to be relentless pushing of your new product but many of our listeners of course are, are looking forward to the holiday season we've got all sorts of restrictions here in the uk which seem to be changing week by week how are things looking for you in terms of how would you be enjoying your your festive and, and holiday season in the states you know i think what i've been doing and it's been working so far is what you probably heard the term quarantine 
you know, <laughs> T-E-A-M. And so I have a small group of people that I spend my time with and we yeah. we test often. Um, we, if for any reason we've had to step outside of our circle, we test again before we re-enter the circle and, you know, just kind of keep that, that contact, um, you know, small, minimal, and just a whole lot of FaceTiming and a whole lot of phone talking and texting to make sure that, that I stay connected with with family and friends that I can't see and can't touch. But um, I believe that during this, this, this pandemic, human interaction is still so important to our mental health. Um, I believe that touch is so impart- important to our mental health. So while I, I believe that we can protect ourselves and be very, very safe, do the things that we need to do to stay sane. And so, you know, I want people to mask up, <laughs> limit contact, um, you know, test it uh, as often as you can if you if you feel that you've been exposed so that you don't expose anyone else. But if you can do a quarantine, I highly recommend it because it's been part of my saving grace is having um, a small community of people and this is the community that we move within and we don't really go outside of that community. Yeah, thank you so much for that comment. That's really amazing and safe advice for our listeners as well as our DJs as well, everybody to really follow because as we know, it's been difficult getting a message across to everyone to take it seriously yeah. because there's so much conflicting information out there and available on this beautiful internet that we have. Uh, right conflict misinformation and then and then people just not being patient with uh that none of us really know what this is about but do what you can to protect others like be considerate of others and i think that that's one of the biggest pieces that i push is you know if you can't if you just think about others it'll be easier for you to sit down Well, look, Carmen, we wish you all the best with your your current single that's out at Thank the moment. We'll tell our listeners again. It's called Again and Again. And again and, and again. Please tell everyone again and again about Again and Again. Yes, love the song. I'm so excited and proud of it. We are going to be pushing it for sure. And of course, now we have the uh, information in terms of the, the album. It's called Hello Human, volume one of two. And that's going to be dropping on January 22nd. So we're also going to be talking about that and making sure everyone's aware about it in the UK. Wonderful. I appreciate you so much, Simon. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Pleasure. It's a pleasure to speak with you. We're wishing you a wonderful end of year. Good luck with the new projects. You know, we'll be right behind you on social media. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay blessed. Thank you. And please, everyone, check me out. Go to my website, IamCarmenRogers.com. And that's C-A-R-M-E-N-R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Don't forget the D. Thank you so much. No worries, Carmen. Thank you. Send our regards to everyone, to the Foreign Exchange and everyone else that you work with. Send them all. Absolutely, Will. Thank you, Simon. Take care, Carmen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.